0: Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the harbor. If you do have your Bibles, you can please turn with me uh, to Proverbs chapter 3 is a good place to start. I'm going to be jumping all over the place, but we'll be camping out. I guess a good launching point will be Proverbs chapter 3. We are in a series and this is part three of a three-part series called trusting God and the team as they prayed and talked they really felt like you know to start the year uh, we started off talking about the Sabbath for two weeks um, and then this is uh, three weeks that we have talked about trusting God and just to kind of uh, get into that and to kind of introduce us to this concept what does it mean to trust God well we see in Proverbs 3 it's a very famous passage it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God and he will make your path straight. Another translation said he, he will direct your path. And so what we see here is we see a command or maybe you could even say an invitation to A, trust God, B, to not lean into your own human perspective, your own human ideas, your own plans, but to say, God, I'm going to trust your plans over mine. And then the promise that comes along with that is is this, that as you do that, God will step into your story and God will walk with you and God will guide you and God will direct you. And so that's that's a pretty beautiful promise. And I think this is a verse, maybe if you've grown up in church, you can go back to it for a second. A lot of people would say, man, like that's, that's something that um, I've heard before, I've thought about before. Um, and maybe you're like, I know how to do that. Maybe you're like, I don't know how to do that. And so that's really what this series has been exploring. But uh, I want to kind of give a little recap in the series so far. Two weeks ago, um, Daniel Selch from uh, Uprise and Cav. Um, He shared a message, and it was an awesome message, really about Peter stepping out of the boat and walking on water. And so when he was talking about trusting God, he was really talking about that moment of stepping out in faith. When God has called you to do something, actually having the courage, having the faith to say, yes, God, I'm going to do it. And then last week, um, Andy Duncan, uh, our missionary to Berlin and now to France, as well as David Palmazano, one of our pastors, uh, they did a discussion, and they really talked about hearing the voice of God. How do you hear and how, you, how do you discern the voice of God? And so I was kind of thinking about that and I was like, it's kind of like really makes sense. That's two components of trusting God. First off, you need to listen to God, right? Like if you need to trust God, you gotta know what he's saying. You gotta know his word, you gotta know his voice. So God is speaking to us. I wanna I want be able to listen, I wanna be able to know. But then the second step is, I don't want to just listen and know, but I also have to obey. I have to take the step of faith. Does that make sense? So it's like it's that two-part thing. And so what what I want to talk about today, um, and and I've titled my message, and I'll explain why in a second. I've titled my message, The Fundamentals and the Flow. The Fundamentals and the Flow. And um, I'll I'll kind of give you a picture to open it up. Uh, I, I really love basketball. It's been a big week for basketball. Um, It's been a big week for the NBA, if you follow the NBA, which maybe like three people in here do, but I do. Um, And uh, LeBron James, he broke the all-time record for most points ever scored in a basketball career. And uh, shout out to LeBron, second best player of all time. I told told someone walking in that the harbor is a a place where we believe uh, Michael Jordan is the best player of all time. And I'm wearing a Michael Jordan shirt to prove it right now. But, uh, and then the, today was the trade deadline, so all sorts of crazy stuff happening. I'm not gonna do an NBA podcast right now, so that's, that's all I'm gonna do. But playing basketball in um, high school, um, it was a really, like, cool and interesting sport to play, and it was one that, uh, growing up, I played a lot. And the reason I think it's very interesting is because um, in, in basketball, there are these, like, basic things that you really need to know. Like, you need to know how to dribble. You need to know how to shoot. And there's a lot of, like, repetition that goes into to those things like well my dad we would bring me out in the driveway and he would teach me all these like uh, dribbling skills and there would be one where i would like we would like Put the ball like as fast as I can around my torso, around my legs, and all the stuff that you see on like YouTube with Steph Curry, or dribble really fast. Um, and then there would be like the proper shooting form, and there's like this acronym "Beef" that they teach you, which is like bend your uh, knees, elbow pointed to the rim. I don't remember the other one, eyes at the rim, and then follow through. Beef. So there's like all these acronyms, and then there's like the defensive stance that you have to go in. So they teach you all these fundamentals. But then the interesting thing was. That I mean, when you get into a game, the game is very like it's just as completely fast paced and it's fast moving and you just kind of have to like in your mind, figure out how to compile all those fundamentals, like kind of on the go. And uh, I always remember, like I was never on good basketball teams. Like we were always terrible, and so we would run this play, and we would be practicing it in practice, and the coach would be like, "All right, run it at half speed," and we'd be walking through it. And he's like, "Run it at three-quarter speed. You go a little faster." You guys remember this? And they're like, "All right, run it at full speed. You're running really fast." And then we get in the game, and like no one did anything that we had practiced the whole time. It was just like we're just—it's just chaos. It's like the best players, like I'm gonna shoot it from half court. That's what we're gonna do. But so, like, there's like these two concepts. And I do think that there is like a translation to that um, in spiritual life, right? Um, And I think the translation would be that God has given us like fundamentals. Um, And and I think that the fundamentals, as maybe as cheesy as it sounds, they're found in God's word. And what I mean by the fundamentals is this, that like when people, a lot of times, especially young adults, we can be in this place where it's like, man, God, I just want to know like what your will is for my life. God, tell me what you want. What career do you have for me? I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Um, Who do you have for me to date and hopefully marry? Or God, please just let me be single the rest of my life because I don't even want to think about dating or marrying or whatever. You know, what am I gonna do? Where am I gonna live? God, do you want me to be in the marketplace or do you want me to go out and do some amazing uh, thing for you on the mission field? And so like right now, most of us all of us like there's a lot of opportunity there's a lot of possibility in front of us um when i when i teach or preach in in the main sanctuary i teach to a much broader uh, audience as far as age range you know if i'm talking to somebody who's like 50 60 70 it's it's different problems, it's different issues. It's like, man, we gotta pray for our adult children. They're all praying for like your age of, of kids. They're like, man, we have aging parents. We have, you know, a career that I've already established in. There's not as many question marks. And we really are, like we are right now in this age range, we are like, there's a lot of question marks. But, but here's what I'll say is, you know, remember this idea of fundamentals. I can tell you right now, very like, decisively that I can point out some things that I can guarantee are God's will for your life. Like, I can guarantee him. And tonight I'm gonna to share a few things that are like, listen, you don't have to wonder. Like, you can leave here and you can be like, I know what God's will is for my life. I am clear on it and I am exactly precise on like, this is absolutely God's will for my life. So that's the fundamentals. But then uh, there's also like the flow. There's the game. There's like, man, I'm stepping into the game. And sometimes like when the action happens, when life hits, it's hard to stay focused on the fundamentals. And sometimes like I'm having to apply like creativity or I'm having to ask God, God, how are you directing me even within those fundamentals? And so I'm gonna talk about that a little bit tonight too. Like God, so, so really here's the two ideas is like, I want you to leave here with just confidence Knowing like I do actually know what God's will is for my life. And I can be very confident to say these are some things that I know God has called me to do. And for the rest of my life, as crazy as it sounds like, I can focus on these things and I'm going to be doing well. But then also I hope that we can leave here with a heart and a desire to say, God, that there's a lot in there that's still going to be up for question. I'm not going to tell you tonight what you should do for a career. I'm not gonna tell you tonight, should you go on the mission field or should you stay at home and work? I'm not gonna tell you, should you like stay single for the next five years or should you try to like go and talk to somebody tonight after the harbor? Like That's not what I'm gonna tell you, but I am gonna tell you that there is actually a, a way that we can pray and be led by God in those creative and in those unknowns. And so that's kind of the concept of tonight. First off though, I wanna talk about Um, the fundamentals and really what I've discovered in life is I've discovered that for for Christians a lot of times maybe there's two extremes when it comes to hearing the voice of God Uh, some people uh, they're they're they they love the idea of like God speaking a direct word to them it's like man God I just I just want to hear from you God give me a dream tonight give me a vision tonight like God tell me exactly what you want for me lay it out and, but, but like the idea of being like, I, I want to grow to know your word. I, I want to learn the, the fundamentals. Like it's not as exciting to them. And just to kind of continue with the basketball illustration, I went through a season of my life when me and my best friend, uh, we were both in ninth grade. His name was Zach Edge. He had a trampoline at his house and we rolled a basketball hoop next to the trampoline. And we were like, we were like, we are going to be incredible at dunking. And so, like, we would film each, each like ourselves doing like trick dunks between the legs, behind the back, like, we were just going crazy. And finally, one day, my dad sat me down and he was like, Listen, like, I- I'm glad that you're able to dunk on a rim that you're being assisted at by a trampoline. Like, these are cool things. But, like, in order for this to be successful for you in high school or in college, if you wanna play, like, you have a lot of other things to learn before you master the 360 dunk, right? It's like the 360 dunk like maybe after you learn a ton more stuff and you can actually dunk on a real hoop like that'd be cool to learn a 360 dunk. But like I want you to learn how to dribble. I want you to learn how to pass. I want you to learn how to shoot better. The fundamentals. And we can as Christians I think desire so desperately to have this like supernatural moment with God that we forget that God has actually very clearly laid out a lot of stuff for us. But then on the other side I think that there's people who would say, "Man, I, I I don't think I really am into that. And so we've almost turned it off. It's like, "Ah, I'm just gonna kind of stick to like my normal mundane life and I'll show up here and I'll read my Bible, but I kind of have my plan. And, And for maybe for those people, I would just say, God does wanna speak to you and God wants to intercede and God wants to break in. So we're talking about the fundamentals and then we're gonna talk about the flow, the flow of the game. So I wanna give you, and I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on each one of these things, but I'm gonna give you seven things that I really believe we can walk out of here today and you can say, this is God's will for my life. These are things that for the next 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, however I'm alive, I can focus on these things, the fundamentals. And the first one is this, that God wants you to walk with him. Like you are literally made, this is what God's greatest heart for you, God's greatest will for you is, God wants you to walk with him. You are made to walk with God. I love how Psalm 84 puts it, the writer says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And can I just tell you that the everything that that you desire in life everything that you put on your dream board or everything that you you scroll on instagram and the algorithm has like come up and produced for you to say this is what you really like this is who you really are i think if you dig down beyond all those things i think what we find underneath all of that is this desire and this longing to be a part of something bigger and to connect to something bigger. And I believe that God has put in the heart of every single person, whether you know it or not, God has put in the heart of every single person to connect with God and to walk with God. And not only do I believe that, but I truly do believe that for each and every single one of us, that God wants to move us deeper and that you literally can know God at a deeper level tomorrow than you knew him today. And really the the prayer of my life, the greatest desire of my life is that when I get to be 50, 60, 70, 80, whenever God takes me home, that I have such a deep love and a deep uh, intimacy and a deep walk with God. Personally, as a pastor, I look and I see that oftentimes we see famous pastors falling we see famous pastors who are, are getting off track. And, and I, I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but one of the things that I think can happen to pastors and to people in ministry especially is that they can fall more in love with this. It's cool to be up here. It's cool to have people listening. It's cool to be able to, to be in a room and be like, this is what we're gonna do, and everybody does it. I don't wanna fall in love with that. I wanna fall in love with God. I wanna walk with God. I wanna know him, and I want you to know him. I think that's the greatest prize in life. That's number one. Number two is this. I believe and I can guarantee you that God wants you to walk in your God-given identity. One of the prayers of Paul to a church uh, in Ephesians is this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order to know the hope to which he has called you. God has made some incredible promises to us to Christians, God has spoken some pretty amazing words to us. Um, sometimes people will say, you know, I'm just a, a wretch. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just sort of a pathetic worm that God has redeemed. And I would say, yes, in some way, um, we were dead in our sins beyond without God. But When God talks about Christians, if you look throughout the New Testament, God calls us saints, God calls us chosen, God calls us sons and daughters. We are not slaves, we're sons, we're daughters. That God has really given us an absolutely incredible identity. And really a huge part of the Christian life is understanding and believing what has God spoken about you? Who does God say that you are? I don't wanna listen to the lies of the enemy. I don't wanna be trapped in in a a lie that says that I'm worthless, a lie that says that I'm just supposed to live in fear for the rest of my life, a lie that says I'm supposed to be trapped to an addiction for the rest of my life, a lie that says, man, I'm um, I'm, I'm not even worth being on this planet or or living anymore. I don't wanna be trapped to a lie, and I don't want you to be trapped to a lie. Because in reality, what actually God has spoken is that we're loved, that we're treasured, that, we, that, it's, that you are so valuable, Jesus died for you. So God wants you to know your identity. And a huge part of walking with God, God's will is that for the rest of your life, you would grow in your knowledge of that. Number three is this, sanctification. Sanctification. Uh, sanctification, a big word for just becoming more like Jesus every day. And I love, I love how simple it is in 1 Thessalonians 4. And remember, we're talking about, man, what is God's will for my life? What, what, do I, what am I supposed to do? And, and this is what Paul says. He says, this is the will of God, your sanctification. And in some ways, um, this is like a bummer, right? Like I feel like when I read this, I'm like, I would love it to just be extremely explicit to like what I actually need. This is God's will for you um, that, that you just have the answer to the complete prayer that you're praying right now, that's it. Or this is God's will for you, like go talk to her or don't talk to him or do this job or do this major. But, but really what he's saying is the will of God for your life is your sanctification. And um, I was thinking about this, You know, we are all uh, becoming someone, we're all transforming over time uh, to, to head in a direction. And um, I think at this age, I know for me personally, um, we we can oftentimes look at our parents and maybe you have amazing parents, but I think we all like when we're in youth, when we're young adults, you start to kind of like pick out those things in your parents that you're like, that's really annoying. I hope I don't become like that someday, right? Like those habits, those way of phrasing things, the, the thought processes. And, um, one of the things that's a huge, huge bummer about having kids is that you start to like say things and hear yourself be like, that was actually my dad that just said that right there. And so, um, don't have kids. That's what I would recommend if you don't want that to happen. No, just kidding. Come on. You know, Andrea, it's amazing. Having, having, having kids is awesome. But, um, listen, uh, God's will for your life is, is that you would be transformed over time. And, Again, I think about this idea of, of us, we're gonna be 70, 80 years old at some point, and you're either going to head in a direction and be more and more transformed and more and more like Jesus, or you're not. And and, and so in some ways, I remember, I'm like, like if I look at this and I'm like, man, it'd be really cool if, if, if instead of saying the will of God is your sanctification, it'd be really cool if it just told me what to do next. But... If you actually think about it, if you really apply this and say, I wanna be transformed to become more and more like Jesus, like when I am 50, when I am 60, when I am 70, like I'm gonna be the type of person that God has actually created and desires me to be. And, and I think we've all been around a, a person that we look at as, as an old saint who has like, walked with God for a long time, and we're like, man, I'd love to be like that person. Um, and we've all been around a person that's bitter and that's angry and that's just full of of poison because that's what they've walked in for a long time. Um, As I was thinking about this, I was remembering when I was, in my teenage years and one of the things that I've shared a lot with you guys is that I've, I've gone, uh, and God has, has delivered me from an addiction to pornography and um, I've, I've been free for quite a long time now, praise God, but it was really a seven year process of me uh, pretty much just like being um, being addicted to that and really giving into lust a lot in my life. And I remember one of the things that, a lie that I would tell myself during that season would be like, I'd be 17 years old And I remember saying, um, you know, when I'm 18, that's when I'm going to stop. Like, I can take care of it now, but when I'm 18, I'll stop. And then when I got to 18, it was like, when I'm 19, I'll stop. And like, then I was like, you know, when I'm 21, like 21's really old. I'll like, I'll, you know, I still, you know, I can, I can do it. I still got plenty of time. But then like, I remember getting to like 23, 24 and like playing back in my head. Like I've been telling myself I was going to stop for a long time. And then I had this incident and it was an incident that like really changed things for me and actually like was one of the key moments of me being like I don't want to do this anymore is I was going out on um, a, a couple of dates with this with this girl and one day I was talking to her dad and her dad started opening up to me and her dad was like I've been struggling with this for 40 years and I was like man like and and Props to him, he was like trying to get help. I am like, there's not like a judgment for him. But it was this eye-opening moment for me of being like, like I, have a, I can either stop this now with God's help and in God's power or I can be that dad. Just being like, yeah, son, it's kind of tough. And I was like, I, that's not what I want. Praise God, like I'm, 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 I, need, I need you to help me, God. I need you to help me overcome this. The will of God is your sanctification. Number four, this is a fun one, I guess. I think it's a fun one. Is hard work. Hard work. Um my my 2-year-old son Isaiah, we uh he whenever like whenever like we're doing chores around the house, I always tell him like we're doing some hard work. And then he is like a little comedian, so he always like like puts his chin like this and he's like hard work. And it's like really cute and really funny. So I love it at least. Um and then he always like tells I'm always like, "Hey, I'm going off to work." And he's like You're going to do a teaching, which is really cool. And I was like, usually I'm like, I'm not going to do a teaching, but I haven't really talked to him about the details of like meetings and stuff like this at this point. So I just I let him think he's doing a teaching. And then the other part of it, sorry, you don't need to know all this, but it is my wife, Katie, is a teacher. And so he's like, she's doing a teaching. And I'm like, yeah, she kind of is. But then I'm like thinking, like, does he think everyone's work is teaching? Like, and like I'm like, he's gonna be blown away to realize not everybody goes to work to do a teaching but I don't really know how to explain that to him at this time, so at this time, I think he just thinks everybody. Like, we're all out there. We're like, what'd you do today? Another teaching. Taught a lot of people. So anyways, that's just a random thought. But here's what it says, and this is this is really cool. Genesis 2, before sin came into the world, it says the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to work and to keep it. Ladies, uh, you come into the story in just a few moments, so don't feel bad that you're excluded here. But the point is that... Um, Work is part of God's original design. And then I really love this. First Thessalonians 4, it says this. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business. Isn't that great? Just mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent upon anybody. And can I tell you that work is actually holy? Now, I'm not saying like church work is holy. I'm not being like what I do is holy. Now, I'm telling you that actual work, there, there is a holiness to work. Um, Martin Luther, who was a famous uh, pastor and writer who really led a revolution uh, back to the gospel. One time, uh, a, a man walked up to him and he said, I, I just put my faith in Christ. What should I do? And, and Martin Luther said, what do you do? And he says, Well, uh, I I make shoes, and he said, okay. Well, in order to please God, you should make a good shoe and sell it at a fair price. Um, He uh, was quoted as saying that a a Christian shoemaker isn't Christian because they put crosses on their shoe, but a Christian shoemaker is a, uh, a, 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 a Christian shoemaker because they pour their heart into making shoes because the actual act of work brings glory to God and I think this is so important for us um, I had a conversation uh, with a young adult recently who grew up in the church and he remembered hearing all of these messages throughout high school messages in youth group that was like you got to be sold out for God you got to be all in for God you got to do your live your whole life for the glory of God which I agree I think that's actually what you need to do But he interpreted that to say, okay, the only way I can really please God, if I wanna be a really truly elite Christian or a good Christian, I have to work at church. I have to be a missionary. I have to be in ministry somehow. And there may be people in this room that God has called you to that. Maybe God has called you to be a pastor. I know that several people stood up last week and said, I do believe God is calling me to foreign missions. Praise God for that, not demeaning that we need that. But I also want to tell you that just because you're a person who is on fire for God doesn't mean that you have to be full time at church. Um, Man, we got Stephen here leading the harbor and he's doing stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about, I'm sure, because it's top secret information, you know, keeping, you know, designing things and doing things and engineering. And I don't really understand any of that. Um, We have so many people that are just go to work every day. And I just want to tell you, like, that's that's a holy act. If you really are like, man, I just want to serve the Lord, and I like just working with my hands, like learn a trade, do the trade. If you like to be an engineer, awesome. Be an amazing engineer. That is not an unholy act. That's not like, yeah, good job being the secondary Christians while I'm out here doing the good stuff. No, hard work. Number five, and I'm going to go really quickly through these next three, because I do believe we talk about them quite a bit, but is mission, mission. Um, At our church, we use the language of joining a serve team or living on mission. We see this great commission, and really what this says is that not only should you be a part of work, but you should also say, God, your kingdom is moving, and I want to be a part of your kingdom moving. Help me to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, Number six is Christian community. Again, at our church, we say connecting to community, and that's a really important thing. Hebrews chapter 10, I love this verse, it says, let us continue how to stir up one another to love and to good works. And listen, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day draw near. Um, I I actually was reading a a post today and uh, the pastor said, you know, that this idea of all you need is Jesus. Well, it's actually not true because we actually are designed to be together in Christian community. I need you, you need me. And when God calls us, God never called someone to be a solo Christian. God was never like, I'm calling you, you can just do it on your own. God always calls someone in. They call them into the community, they call them into the church, they call them a part of the body of Christ. And so that means that you are here to receive, but you're also here to contribute. You're also here to to take the gift that God has given you and use it to bless other people. And then the seventh is this, stewardship. Again, at our church, we use the language of invest your resources. And I love this, uh, Malachi 3.10 says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. That means uh, wherever you're worshiping, wherever you're receiving, bring a tithe, that there may be food in my house. And it says, thereby put me to the test if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And so what God is saying, and by the way, only time that God ever says to test him is about uh, investing your resources, about tithing, about being generous with your money. And I could do a whole teaching on tithing. Um, Maybe we'll do that another time. But the point of it is this, that God has entrusted you with things, time, money, and, and, and talent, And each one of these things, you can either use for yourself or you can use to to give to the kingdom. And so remember, the the whole point of this is fundamentals. And the idea of this is that I can tell you right now, this is God's will for your life. And I really think, like if you just say, these seven things, these are the things that I really wanna focus on, I believe that that you will have a blessed life in Christ by focusing on these things. Now my heart in sharing these things, I'm not trying to give you seven to-do lists. I'm not trying to give you like, you know, go, go home and feel bad about the two that you're bad at and feel good about the three that you're good at. No, no, no. What I'm saying is like, and even in different seasons, people are going to have different strengths, different weaknesses, depending on where you're at and depending on where you are in life. But the point of all of it is to say like, these are things that this is God's will. This is what over time he wants us to focus on and he wants us to grow in. But remember, uh, not only are we talking about the fundamentals, but we are also talking about the flow. We're talking about the fact that there is real life. Like you could set out and be like, I have a plan this week to execute on all these. But then you're going to get some texts. You're going to get some phone calls. Your boss is going to have some things. And your uh, family's going to have some things. And your friends are going to text you and be like, we got to do this and we got to do that. So all of a sudden, like when the complications of life come in, it's going to be like, man, h- how do I move forward? What am I supposed to do? And so I just wanna give you five things that I think are, are just gonna be helpful and I'm just gonna put them all up on the screen right now and we'll just walk through them really quick. And I believe that as you're uh, trying to listen and discern, God, what do you want me to do right now? I believe these are gonna be helpful to you. Just really practical things. And um, the, the way that I believe it is, you know, God's word gives us the design. It gives, God's word tells us this is where, what you need to do. The Holy Spirit gives us the creativity. The Holy Spirit helps us to know, okay, well, there's a lot of good things to do. What do I need to do right now? There's a lot of things I could focus on. What are the things I should focus on? And so these five things are things that I believe are helpful. Number one, be faithful in the small. Be faithful in the small. Even when you think about those seven things that I just listed. Again, I don't necessarily feel like I want you to be like, you have to go out and try to be a level 10 at all seven right now. But what are a few of the things that God is calling you and is inviting you to do right now? What are the things that very clearly God has put in your hand? Is he calling you to serve? Serve with your whole heart. Has he given you an opportunity to step into something? We'll go all in with that. And and don't, the scripture says, despise not the day of small beginnings. And I just think about, um, today I believe for the first time we had two people step into serving at the harbor and uh, one of the first things that we do with everybody who serves at the harbor is like we you can do setup and tear down go set up the signs because we want people when they walk in and drive in to know where the harbor is on campus like listen uh, that like probably seems like you know what like uh, you, you told me serving was going to be this incredible thing and like what well, here I am I'm setting up a frame signs and I'm like pushing it to the next and setting them up and then I'm gonna go get them and pull them back in but like Just be faithful in the small things. Be faithful with what God has actually put in front of you. And I promise you, if you do that and you're like, I'm going to do this with my whole heart, God's going to open up some other doors. Number two, ask God to lead and ask God for more. And, And I think this is so key. First off, remember, it says the first verse we read, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So really, truly, sincerely, and and. Ask God, say, God, I want you to lead my life. You know, I, for, for some of us in here, if it's like, man, God, I really am desiring, I want you to, I want you to, to be the captain of this ship. Like, like I, I don't want to try to figure out my life on my own. I really want you to be the one to guide and you to be the one to direct. And also, I don't think it's bad to ask God for more. I'm not necessarily saying, like, ask God for more finances or ask God for a bigger house or a cooler car. I mean, you're welcome to do that. We can make our requests known to God. But what I'm saying is, man, if if you're in a place where you're saying, like, okay, God, like, I I do want more vision from you. Like, I, I want you to really show me how I can make the biggest impact for your kingdom, how I can serve the most people, how I can reach the most people for you, how I can spend my life in the greatest way for your glory. Ask him. Really say, God, give me a burden. Give me a a dream in my heart. Give me something that is burning within me to say, I have to do this, I have to serve you. And, And as you do this, I believe God will begin to awaken those things. Number three is listen. Really, if you ask God for that, like I believe God will show you. I believe he will be speaking to you. I believe he'll be speaking to you through other people. I believe he'll be speaking to you in a still, small voice in your heart. I believe he'll be speaking to you. Some of you, he may give you a vision. Some of you may more hear the voice of God. Some of you, it may just be a knowledge. Like, I just, I just know this is God. I just know that God is leading me in this direction. Listen, create space to listen. Number four, get to know God's word and God's people. You know, I've heard it said many times that God's voice sounds like God's word. And it's so important when we're talking about listening and asking God to lead, God's never gonna lead you somewhere that his word doesn't already speak about. It. And the classic example of this is dating, and it's like, man, I just feel like God's leading me to this person who clearly doesn't love God and who is clearly pulling me down a right, wrong path, but like I was just praying about it and I just felt a peace about it. Like, I don't think that was a peace that you felt. Like I know you felt something, I'm confident you felt something. I don't know if it was a peace from the Lord, the peace that passes all understanding. Like you, I, I could feel peace about a lot of things, you know what I mean? Like. God, do you you want me to get a McFlurry tonight? I do feel at peace. uh, Yes, it is you. It's you. I'm going to get it on the way home. Um, So get to know God's word. God is not going to direct you outside of what he's already said. And get to know God's people. Because the cool thing is God's people, they're also going to be like, yeah, I don't know if that's the right one. That might be Mr. McFlurry for you. And he might be not the best choice for your life at this time. And so be around people that are going to encourage you. Be around people that are going to say, yeah. This is the right direction or eh, I don't know about this. And then also be very patient. This is the last one. I think especially when it comes to us praying and saying, God, I wanna see you use my life. God, I'm I'm asking for you to bring a a person into my life or I'm asking for you to open up a door. I'm asking for you to direct. I'm asking for you to give me a vision for my life. Be patient, be patient. Trust that God is moving. Be faithful where you're at, but trust that it does take a process. It does take a long time. Sometimes God works and you you pray a prayer and he answers it right away. Sometimes you have to keep praying that same prayer for a long time before God opens the door. But trust me, even when you're praying, even when you're not quite sure, I promise you, God is still working. So remember, what is God's will for your life? The will of God for your life is sanctification you're becoming more like him. Even in the immediate prayers that you are praying, God is having a vision for your life. God is seeing the whole picture. So let me pray for you guys. Rachel, you're gonna come up and sing one more song? Awesome. God, I'm just grateful to be with this group of people, and I see a group of people that's very hungry for you, hungry to know your, your word. And Lord, I do just pray that first and foremost that this message was freeing and empowering, that maybe for some people who who were just condemning themselves and feeling like, I just can't get it right. I just feel like I'm not as spiritual as other people. I feel like I'm not as good as other people. Maybe just that this message would say, oh, man, I have some clarity now. Like, I can go to work tomorrow and just be sitting in my cubicle and say, God, I'm, I'm doing something holy here because I'm working wholeheartedly for you. I, I can be... Seeking God and and I could be in Christian community and I could be trying my best to be on mission and, and realize that this is this is actually what God's called me to do. And I can be excited about that, and I could be joyful knowing that I'm stepping into what God's called me to. So so I pray that there would be a contentment, that there would be a peace that comes with this, that there would be a freedom knowing that we are in your will. But God, I also pray while we're content, while we're at peace, that you would birth and develop in us as well a holy angst to say, God, we, we know that there are people who are out there that are not saved. We know that there are Christians who are languishing. We know that there are people who are, are trying to figure it out and need help. That, that we, we know that, that there is the poor that, that need uh, people to care for them. We know that there are people all over that, that, that have needs and that you've called us to actually be your hands and feet. And so while we are content, while we are at peace, we also want to go out and we want to serve and we want to love. We want to be your ambassadors, bringing freedom, bringing the gospel to the world. And so please send us to that. Please give us a desire to to be used by you and give us the means to be able to do that. Um, Lord, I do pray in here. Um, I know that there are people right now who have been praying for a specific thing within your will. Maybe people have been praying for a relationship. Maybe people have been praying that you would direct them to the right career choice or direct them to a new job or to a job. And so God, I pray that for those prayers that have been prayed, I pray that you would answer those prayers. I pray that even this week, people would see an answer to that prayer or at least receive a peace knowing that you were with them. I pray that you would guide and direct these steps. Last thing I just wanna say, and you can keep your heads bowed, you can keep your eyes closed, but it's so important to realize that, you know, in order for us to trust God, in order for us to walk with God, we must first know God. And the only way for us to know God is for God to know us. You know, Jesus, he died on the cross for us. He, 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 he did this so that we could put our faith and trust in him. So that we could actually have a relationship with God. And I just want to encourage you, if you're here and you do not know God, you do not have a relationship with God, that tonight is the night for you, for that to change. That God loves you. He has an incredible plan for your life and that plan starts with him walking with you. But it's gotta start with us putting our faith and trust in him, that we can't do it on our own. We can't save ourselves. We need somebody to save us. If you're gonna trust Jesus with your whole life, you gotta trust him first with you, with your soul, with your spirit, with your salvation. So if there's somebody here who has not done that, I just wanna encourage you right now just to pray and just to ask God, say, God, I need you. I can't do it without you. I need you to forgive me. I need you to save me. I need you to help me to move forward in my relationship with you. I need you to help me walk with me as I do your will. Just pray that prayer if you've never prayed it before, if you're not a Christian, or if you've walked away from God and you just need to come back, pray that prayer. And have the faith to know that God has done that. Receive the gift of salvation. Receive the gift of Jesus. May we just live and pour out our hearts for everything that you have poured out to us. We love you. Amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.